It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners right here at Corhorn Financial Group. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. I'm Kevin, and there are five factors or five major variables that influence your ability to retire with confidence. And they're all interrelated, but there is one area of the five that is the most important. We're going to hit that and much more in this episode. You know, there's a YouTube guy called I'm Kevin. He drives me nuts. No, <laughs> no offense if you're, if you're watching. But uh, anyway, so was that a play on? No, you're just uh, Kevin. I'm not playing. He's just I'm, proud to be no, Kevin. I just, no, I just keep hearing, and you're like, hey, I'm Mike Bernard. And I'm like, well, I'm Kevin. I want to be Kevin. <laughs> so go ahead. All right. I'm Josh. There we go. <laughs> Glad to be with you. Thanks for being here. If you have a question, why are you guys not funny or anything else, reach out to us. Uh, you can do so. Call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyshow.com. Submit questions right there on the right. And by the way, catch up on a whole bunch of other stuff on the website as well. Or on social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Search the Wise Money Show. Follow us there. All right, guys, just turn off the financial planner in you. Turn it off. Huh? Right now. Not, not possible. Yep. It wasn't there to begin with? <laughs> okay, if you were just to look at retirement objectively as mm-hmm. a consumer, as a normal person, and say, what's one? is there one factor or one variable that's the most important? That's that, you know, not, not pretty important, the most important. That's funny. I... I my 11 year old asked me a question that we hear all the time. So I'm I'm still keeping my financial advisor hat on, but the question was how much do I need to have saved in order to be able to retire? He, mm-hmm. he asked that at 11, and mm-hmm. I said a whole bunch of money. You smile and pat him on the head and say, "Don't <laughs> worry, son, you'll never retire." <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I I don't know. Don't you think that's probably the the one variable that it's just. I have to get to a certain number, a certain dollar amount, and then I'm good. I'm I'm ready to retire. I, I would I would assume that would be ninety percent of people's answer. Yeah, I, I would. Even for an eleven year old who's never worked a day in his life, yeah. Kevin, <laughs> would you agree? <laughs> How? <laughs> when am I able to be done? You know, I feel like I have it pretty good right now at eleven. You know, <laughs> when can I go back to having it this good? Uh, I know. <laughs> I know you are retired, yeah, son. That's right. My goodness. That's right. You go to school and hang out with your buddies all day. My goodness. I have it pretty good right now. I'd like to keep this going as long as possible. Okay. This Kevin. whole school thing is pretty stressful, Dad. I'd like to be retired. <laughs> yeah. So would you would you agree or what what would you say is the most important factor or variable with retirement? So I, I'm, I'm, I'm trapped because I, I am a financial planner. I, that's, that's what I, I've, I, since I was born, I've been a financial planner. So I, all I can think about is the most important thing as it relates to retirement is what skills do I possess? Mm. And that's Mm. a nerd answer. That's deep. But that, but that is because 
it's tempting to say what's how high should the pile of money be? Yep. It's tempting to say what is the amount of money? Do it, do I work for a company or a government entity that will pay me for not working for the rest of my life? Uh, so that might be a pension or what are my other sources of income? Um, but I I still think if I have the right skills, those other variables are important, but they don't. Those aren't the drivers. Yeah. It's, that is a deep answer. I would absolutely agree with you. And that's going to tie in where I was trying to lead you guys. Now, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about retirement and, and, and your perspective and your approach to retirement actually to get you ready. Now, as we do so, this show, the Wise Money Show, is about comprehensive financial planning, that there's six areas to your financial life. And one of those is retirement. Josh, what are the others real quick? Just for a well, backdrop. So you have your present financial position, which is really looking at your cash flow coming in and your expenses going out, as well as how do you structure the things you owe to other people and the things that you own. That's your present financial position. Absolutely has an impact on your retirement picture. Also, protection planning, which is really just another fancy term for insurance planning or risk management. That's a big one. Tax planning is something we weave throughout the entire financial planning process, always looking for ways to save money in taxes. And then investments is often what many people think of when they think of a financial advisor, maybe even where your mind goes to when we're talking about retirement. How, how much do you have to have invested? What does it need to be doing for you? Retirement is itself its own uh, section of a financial plan. And, and sometimes we uh, we share attention with education planning in that area as well. Yeah. These big ticket, uh, long-term accumulation goals. And then finally, the, the sixth area of a strong financial pos- uh, plan is an estate plan. Yeah. What happens to your stuff after you're done with it in this life? And when we, so when we look at, when your certified financial planner helps you with your retirement plan, they're going to look at five different variables, five different factors. We call it the five-factor retirement plan. And so those five factors that all are interrelated to see if you're on track for retirement and what adjustments need to be made to be on track or stay on track, it's your age. So when are you going to retire and, and what's your life expectancy? So how long will retirement be? Your spending, and that includes inflation, but it includes you know, new expense, new expenses that will come up in retirement includes debt, includes, you know, other things, health insurance, right? Your third is your, your retirement income sources. So how do you draw social security? What's your strategy? Do you have a pension? Do you have real estate? Should you have real estate? Um, the fourth factor for retirement is how much do you have saved? And then how much are you sacrificing? How much are you ongoing saving? Um, and so what's your nest egg? And then the fifth is how much risk are you comfortable taking with your investments? No risk, medium risk, high risk, changing over time. And so it's the blend of those of those five variables, those decisions. So of those now, I would argue, and you know, I love to play this game with you guys, where I tell you, this is my opinion and state it as a fact. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I think I'm the only one that does the that. Fireworks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I would tell you all five of those variables are, are tremendously important. And you can't make a decision in one variable without it impacting the others. And quick explanation. Right now, you look at the how much risk is in the stock market, and you might say, I don't want to take any of that. Not when I retire. I want it to be all my money to be safe. Well, that means you got to work longer or save up more or spend less, right? So they're all connected. But it does seem like spending would be slightly more important than the others. 
I have seen, and you guys have as well, you've seen people retire with barely any money saved up. Mm-hmm. But you've also seen people retire and fail with a boatload of money mm-hmm. saved up, millions of dollars, and it just doesn't work because they spend too much. So they're all tremendously important. But spending has a special, in my opinion, a special place among those five as it just, to me, why is a little that? bit more. Why is that? There, there's, there, there's, a good, there's a good reason why, but why would you say that is? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think personal choice. It has. It's. 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 You know, some sort of sort of our habits. It's. You. You have a vision for retirement. Listen, if I can't live this way, I don't want. I. I. I'll just keep working. I don't know. Well, when we stress test someone's retirement game plan, I, I've always found that the spending number that you plug in there, you tweak that up or down even just a little bit, and it has the most impact on the probability of success over a long period of time. So I, I have the right answer, <laughs> and I, I want to give it to you, but I think we're a little, uh, we, we got a short squeeze I, on I time actually, here. So. A short squeeze on time, yeah. Check out last week's episode if, you, if you're wondering about short squeezes and whether you should have those as part of your portfolio or whatever. Uh, I'm anxious to hear what Kevin would say, and I'm actually, for the first time in Wise Money history, I've stated an opinion as fact, and Josh and Kevin appear to agree with me. Nope. So no. we will, ah! <laughs> Don't be deceived. We will we'll pick that back up and then apply it to your situation because we had a very interesting circumstance come up at KFG and want to talk through it with you. So that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. For the first time in Wise Money Show history, I made a declaration. Josh and Kevin agreed with me unanimously. I'm just kidding. Now, Kevin's going to share his perspective on why spending is such a tricky part and a, a, a unique part of your overall retirement readiness game plan. And then we're going to help you get ready for retirement and have, have a, a wise approach. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Stay up to date on all Wise Money content. Find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. And then all over social media, Wherever you're at, we are there as well. Check us out. Search Wise Money and follow us on your favorite platform. All right. So there's five factors that all are sort of interrelated to determine, are you on track for retirement? What do you need to get on? What do you need to do to get on track? Your age, your spending, your income sources, your, your, your nest egg, how much money you have saved up, and your risk tolerance. I argue, I believe, they're all important, and I'm so close to saying equally important. It just seems like spending is a little more unique. I, I would say it's more important than the others. These two don't necessarily agree. But So, Kevin, why, why is spending, what makes it special? What makes it different? Well, what? so one of these things is not like the other ones. So what is it about spending that makes it different than the other ones? I, I'm still waiting I know, you got to share the answer. Come on, tell us. Josh, Please. see, I don't like to play this game with Josh because he usually actually has the right answer. But Are, are you going to refer to how you have maybe the most control over that one? I'm done. I quit. <laughs> 
I'm taking my ball and going home. So uh, then I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Josh Gregory move and I'm gonna rename the five factors <laughs> and I'm gonna call them the five levers. Oh my so goodness. think of these and Josh is absolutely right though. Think of these as five levers that you can that you have control. But which ones do you have control over? Because you say, well, my, the age that I retire, kind of yeah, but not necessarily. Maybe not because statistically, people retire sooner than they planned on yeah that that that's a statistic and and you know 84% of statistics are made up but i think it's it, it's important to think about <laughs> this idea that uh that that was made up right yeah okay so listen so my age do i have i might have control over my age i might have complete control over my age my father-in-law didn't have control over getting early onset alzheimer's and 50 and i just signed a sympathy card for someone i met with last year who was talking about uh, a couple more years of work before they retired and so yeah life is a we are a vapor um, so age, income sources, you have, by the time you get there, you're contr- pretty locked in, right? You, yeah. yeah you, your, your ability to maneuver those is, is, is limited. Um, risk, most people don't understand risk until the, you know, March and April of 2020. And you look and your portfolios down 30% and you say, oh, I do not like the way I feel. That's when you feel risk right now. With the melt up and the meltdown of the stock market, you look at this and you say, well, what control do I have over that? Ah, uh, you can have a portfolio with a sell discipline in it, but you, te- you there's not a lot of control over the, what the markets do. It's only a response, right? I only have a response. And how much I have in my portfolio, not a lot of uh, control. I have the most control over my spending and I can control my spending. Now, the, the thing that I... I don't even I don't even think that's the part that needs to be controlled. The part that needs to be controlled and it's related to my spending is my emotional health. Mm. Because spending for some people spending is how they 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 taste the salt. It's how they spend to achieve a certain thing emotionally that they can't achieve other ways. Yep. And, and some people achieve that. Now, I achieved that for years by eating. Um, so you're like, uh, maybe you can identify with that. Maybe you can't. Literally tasted salt. I literally tasted the salt and everything else. And the sugar. And the sugar. Mostly sugar. So so, so you say, okay, go ahead, Josh. No, uh, keep, keep going. I, I'm going to piggyback on what you're saying because I – I agree with you completely, but so if so your if, if if tasting the salt, if get if if getting the 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 meaning out of life is connected to how much I spend, or on the other end of the extreme, how little I spend, I I probably am either going to if it's related to how much I spend, I'm probably going to make myself and my financial advisor miserable. If it's related to how little I spend, I'm probably going to make my spouse and children and people mm-hmm. in my orb miserable. Mm-hmm. Because I'm communicating to them on an ongoing basis that money is more important to them. What this cost is more important than they are. Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 fascinating if you study this stuff and I I want to say this in a way that's not judgmental um, at all because this 
This is the stuff of life. Yeah. This is, these, these are challenges that we all wrestle with. You know, I, I was so excited that Mike claimed that spending is the most important of the five factors that will determine your retirement success. Cause I, I feel like this is the perfect opportunity to do a Mike Bernard and tell you that I disagree with you, but then state all the reasons why we actually completely agree. Hey, not that I, you've ever done that to me on this show before, never, but never. Uh, no, the the idea of spending to me, it's I, I would state it a little bit differently, maybe a little bit more in line with uh, what Kevin was saying. I I feel like I observe often that the ability to delay gratification is the primary characteristic of those who I see who are most successful in retirement. Because it, if you think about that, the ability to control when you have the timing of your spending, the magnitude of your spending, the reasoning behind your spending, as you were, you were saying, Kevin, your, your ability to be in the driver's seat and not just swept along by you know, habits or, or just you know, you've declared something to be a priority. I'm going to spend this money and I'm going to do it no matter what is going on around me. Folks who don't get sucked into that trap, they are more likely to be able to have margin in their life throughout their working career because they're controlling their spending as they go, which means they have the ability to save along the way as they go. But then most importantly, when they get into retirement, they're they're a little bit more flexible on the spending, which means they can adapt a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. As, as the investment world cooperates, great. Maybe now is when we do that kitchen remodel or we take that big trip. If the world is not cooperating and things are kind of crummy right now, they can ease off and say, you know, we can postpone this. We don't have to spend that because they're not getting their life's meaning out of the spending that they're doing. It's just a decision that they are in control over. Uh, th- so this started as, that what I'm about to tell you started as a joke, but I actually, so Josh, what you're saying, I have talked about on the show at, periodically. I, 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 no one's named it. So I, I'm calling it the Bernard paradox. I'm I, I started <laughs> as just... a joke, but I'm calling it the Bernard <laughs> wow. paradox. Listen, the, the, the less you, the, the more you control your spending during your working year. So, so the less you spend, the more margin you have in your life, the, the more ability you have to save up a lot of money, but the, the less you spend, you actually don't need that much to save. You don't need to save as much for retirement because you you do a great job uh, managing your co- your expenses. The opposite's true though. The more you spend, mm. right, the less you're able to save for retirement. But the more you spend, the more you have to have saved up. And that's this is this paradox. And your let me state this: we should have said it earlier. Your financial advisor, your certified financial planner, wants you to have overwhelming success. Enjoy the salt of life. That's why we do financial planning. That's why. Not to say you're not allowed to spend. You shouldn't spend. Don't do anything. No, it's planning so that you can live that life you're called to. So that you can, without you know judgment or feeling guilty, you can go spend and do amazing things and taste the salt. Now, we're going to apply this to your situation and, and tie all this together. That and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. When it comes to spending and retirement, this is the one variable that you have the most control over. And so how do you get it right? How do you retire once and do it successfully without guilt? It's getting 
partly it's getting spending right. We're going to talk about that more. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast. Wherever you listen, go check it out. Uh, just search the Wise Money Show. When you're there, rate the show. We appreciate that. And leave a comment as well. So we're talking about retirement planning and, and the five factors, but we're taking a different approach to bringing this up and about you know which of the five factors are most important and why is spending unique, all because of an example that just happened at KFG last week. But it's not important because it just happened last week. Wow, what a surprise. It happens all the time. And, and so I'll just share with you a brief story here, and then we'll talk about, well, how do you make sure you don't fall into this trap? So here's here's the here's the story. New couple comes in, and they're sort of sharing their big goals and wishes and hopes. And, and in this particular case, the big goal the big goal was retirement, and retiring soon, couple years. And okay, and you know, trying to peel back the layers of the onion. Okay, well, you know, what what else is going on in your financial life, and how are you going to get there? Blah blah blah. What have you? What sacrifices have you been making so far to get there? And it sort of revealed that there's a whole bunch of baggage in your in the person's present financial situation. Lots of debt, which has fixed obligations, and um, and sort of disorganized. Not a lot of savings. You know, no emergency fund. Lots of debt. And again, this is not judgment. Just we're just observing. This is what what what's going on. So then, when you get to the goal, okay, well, tell me about retirement. Well, and the example is someone says, my goal is to retire very soon, within a couple of years, and basically live a certain lifestyle. So spend a certain amount that, in reality, they haven't ever spent that low in their life. And you might even look at the fixed obligations, the debts in their in their life, and it would be impossible to live that way, actually, in reality, because of the fixed obligations. You don't have the control over your life, uh, over your spending. When you've got to pay four hundred dollars for that car, you've got to pay three fifty for this loan. You've got to pay seventeen hundred for that mortgage. You've got to. You don't have that discretion, and so basically, the the this happen this, this happens a lot. And this is this is for your certified financial planner to work with you to solve. So this isn't a <laughs> can't help you. I'm just stating. Oftentimes, we go through the five factors and specifically the spending number. And people say, I can, we, we can live on this, but they've never lived on that before in their life. Mm-hmm. So it makes your certified financial planner reluctant to build a plan, a reliable plan, assuming you'll live at a lifestyle that you've never lived at before. Right. Because, because that is, that's the thing. Your financial advisor is not, do, do not expect them to make value judgments. They're they're not going to judge you. They're not going to judge what you've done up to this point. They're gonna. We work with people because we love people. Absolutely, so yeah. We love people and we love to serve people. So where are you today? What do you want to do? It's not about what I want to do. What do you want to do? All right, let's figure out how to get you there. Right, Be, but it is it is useful to, when you say how are you going to live in retirement. If they're saying, hey, I've lived a certain way up to this point, but I'm going to live completely different in retirement, it is hard. It is hard for the leopard to change his stripes. So <laughs> it, so if, 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 if you <laughs> – I'm not, I'm not joking. So um, 
So the, how are you going to live? And the other thing that that sometimes is interesting to me, and again, I want to be careful how I sound because I, I don't want to – I am not judgmental. We, we love people. We love helping people. But sometimes people come in who've had a great income for years, 20, 30 years, fabulous income, and almost nothing saved. And you say, well, it's if there's not a lot saved – there's not a lot to use to generate income in retirement. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. I mean, you're one you're one great decision away from an upward spiral in your financial life. I have never seen a financial plan, specifically a retirement plan, that you can't make work. We, we have, I mean, that's our job, yep. is to take your raw materials and your goals and figure out how to get you there. It's just how, what's the sacrifice, what's the trade-off, what's the adjustment? So there's so so with that backdrop, if you can find yourself there or at least say, yeah, actually that that seems like that could happen from time to time, what do you do about it? The very first thing, and Kevin, I learned this from you very early. It was surprising to me when I was young and learning and you were mentoring me. It was, oh, okay, well, let's start living that way right now. Let's practice. Yeah. And and you'll be amazed what you can do. Oh, yeah, your retirement plan says you've got to live or you, you think you can live at on, on four grand a month. Okay, awesome. Right now your income's eight grand a month. So let's start living on four. And the other four of take home, let's have that accelerate your readiness. So let's use that to pay down debt or accelerate that Roth contribution. Or And so you've just done the, you've just worked the Bernard paradox, if you will. You've, you've started to practice living on what you said you'll live on and you've freed up margin to accelerate you to get you to that goal. Yeah, I mean, you're describing basically a dress rehearsal for retirement. And this might be one of the most important exercises you go through in the last 6, 12, 18 months leading up to retirement. But the far better option is to practice these habits throughout your entire working career, throughout your entire marriage, where you know you do have control over your spending and you are living well beneath what you're capable of living at uh, based on your income. And to, to me, that's important because all these five factors, you have to practice being in control of them. You have to, you have to build up confidence over time because you know that you can budget. You know that you can live on whatever amount of income you've got to live on. You, you described, Mike, that we, there's never been a financial plan that we couldn't make work if human behavior will align with the reality though, yeah. right? You know, you can live on $3,000 a month in retirement. It might be really stinking hard if you're used to living on 10 grand a month in retire or, or throughout your working career though. Yeah, and I like to help people with analogies so it's it's easy to work with a teacher because you say, "Hey, do you have a lesson plan before you teach?" Yep. You should have a financial plan before you do this. Recently, I've been working with a pilot and we've talked about the pre-fret pre-flight checklist. So I say, okay, well, what's your pre-retirement checklist? All right. You, we need to have these things accomplished before this this thing is, uh, is able to... You t- know, one of the things, and going back to that, I mean, one of those things that's on the list for the folks where this really resonates is I got to get I got to relieve some of this debt. I've got a yeah. lot of, I, I spend a lot, quote unquote, because a lot of it's got to go to debt. And so if I can get that debt paid off or adjusted or tweaked before retirement, now I've just m- magically adjusted my spending number. 
You're exactly right. You eliminated some of those monthly obligations and everything. And I want to encourage you as well. You know, one of the the other five factors that you can have some impact on is set your target date for retirement a little bit earlier than what you're actually willing to go, because you need to be ready before you think you're ready. Often people end up marching into retirement unexpectedly early. And if they're not ready, there's major and sometimes painful adjustments that they have to make in order to make ends meet based on that earlier retirement date. If this is you, if you're if if this resonates or if you're unsure and and sit down with your certified financial planner, sit down with your CFP, they're going to be your fan. They are going to be in your corner wanting to figure out how to get you from where you are to where you want to be in the best, most efficient, safest and most creative way possible. They've got the ability to coach and help and 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 guide you along the way so that all five of those factors are in sync. We've got a special sponsor for today's program. We've got great questions. All thanks to auto owners. That and more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. How important is the multi-policy discount when it comes to insurance? Or should you diversify? Should you diversify your insurance companies and make sure you're not with one that's a stinker, right? Uh, we've got that question from a fan of the show, that and more right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out. Go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, subscribe to it. You can leave comments there as well. I want to thank our special sponsor for this segment. This is uh, an insurance-devoted segment by Auto Owners. Thank you for sponsoring the Wise Money Show and your partnership with making, uh, with elevating the financial literacy of our community. Thank you, auto owners. Let's get into it. Several questions from fans of the show specific to insurance. First one, how important are those multi-policy discounts or is it important to shop multiple places? And I'm thinking of investments and you know, yeah, sometimes it might feel like, well, I've got to spread my eggs into different baskets here. Yeah. And from an insurance standpoint, maybe I should have my vehicles with this company, say a Geico or a Progressive who have hilarious commercials, but I should have my home with a State Farm or someone else um, so that I'm hedging a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it it is interesting to see folks try to apply a, a principle from the investment world to their insurance package. I actually just met with a client the other day who, um, you know, just like you, we would say you want to have best of breed when it comes to different types of investments, different mutual funds, that sort of thing, packaged together the, the very best of the best in every category of investing. Well, that doesn't necessarily translate over to, oh, I want to have the best company for my car insurance. And then there's this company over here that they're, they're really strong with homeowner's insurance and my umbrella, well, that should be over here. It, it doesn't necessarily work that way, although you may believe that you you have the best option if you've shopped it around and you've kind of split up your, your coverage. And uh, we, we actually helped someone reevaluate their coverage here just recently, and we showed them that 
when you bring it all together, that your, your homeowner's insurance that's over with one big brand and your car insurance with another, when you bring those together under one policy package with one company, you do start to open up certain policy discounts quite often that suddenly bring enough savings around that um, you know the, the total amount that you're paying actually ends up being being less. And it's important to evaluate it this way and to take advantage of every possible discount that's, that's at your fingertips. Because every dollar that you send downstream to an insurance company that's not necessary because you're over, overspending, that's a dollar that could have been helping you advance your financial life in some way. It's interesting because I would, I would completely agree, Josh, you got to capture all of the discounts possible to you. You got to have to, number one, getting the right insurance protection starts with your financial plan. There's no question about it. You've got to look at how, at how your entire financial life is situated to determine what sort of coverage do you need? What's appropriate for you? So that's, it's a financial planning decision, but then next, all right, so how do you, you got to implement that advice. You got to go get that coverage with an actual insurance company through an agent. And we're so I would argue when you're implementing, you do want to get that multi-policy discount. That's a big discount, usually the largest discount. And so having your home with one company and cars with someone else and umbrella with someone else likely is not going to make financial sense. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't shop your insurance around when you're doing this. Mm -hmm. Because if you just go to one company, the ones that are likely advertising the most, they're not going to shop it around. They're going to give you their solution. That's it. That's And that's all they can offer. And they're going to tell you that this is what you need. Well, they're not fiduciaries. In the financial world, financial planning and investment world, we've got to use the term fiduciary. We've got to, hey, this is what we'd recommend if we were in your shoes. Not so with direct insurance companies. They just, this is what you need because this is the only thing I offer. But they're not going to say that. So you, you should shop it around to see, okay, well, I know the prescription I'm trying to fill. My, my CFPs told me this is the coverage that I need. Now, Smate Farm, is that, you know, are, are you, or, or Lizard, are you, how, how does it look on your end? Or, you know, um, you know car owners, uh, you know, again, I'm, you know, I'm not, we're, I'm not playing favorites here with companies, but you do need to compare coverage and cost and then select the one that's best for you. This is why, this is why we have an independent insurance agency. Why, why we chose not to go with a direct or captive insurance agency when we wanted to at least be able to offer a solution to clients after we given the advice. So still shop it around, but it, it often, I've never seen it make sense to have different insurance companies represent different policies just to spread the risk around. Yeah, and especially, I mean, you made the comment that your your insurance decision, like your home and automobile insurance, that begins with your financial plan. And we, we look at your insurance decision through a different set of lenses, and it, it often has to do with, well, what kind of liability exposure do you have? Uh, in, in other words, could you attract a lawsuit if you slid through the wrong stop sign and hit the wrong individual, or if someone's had a slip and fall on your property? because you weren't keeping up with some of the maintenance or something. Um, you know, any time that we're working with someone who needs an umbrella policy to help provide extra liability protection or extra lawsuit protection, that right away starts 
you know, kind of steering you towards having one strong company who has coverage over all of this so that the umbrella policy, which which is kind of an extra layer of, of protection over the car and over the house, it needs to be all with the same company. And so often when we see people who have their insurance kind of scattered around the countryside with different uh, different carriers, it's it's often because they've never really even given consideration to the liability piece, at least not in detail through a financial plan. Yeah, and I would like to uh, go back. You know, Mike was talking about this concept of shopping, and I would say don't shop. Don't shop. Have your personal shopper shop for you. Uh-huh, yeah, and you say, well, what, what in the world does that mean? If I'm shopping, I'm probably product-driven, mm-hmm. and I don't. And, and most folks don't understand, hey, uh, you know, this this segment is sponsored by auto owners. So auto owners, there's there are independent insurance agencies that offer a number of different companies. And then there are what we would refer to kind of industry jargon, but a direct writer. But if you go to that company and that agent, their solution for you will be the solution that they're allowed to sell. So they're not going to shop for you. They, they've, they've got one bin that they pick from. Um, I would go and work with a company that has multiple bins to pick from because different insurance companies have different appetites. But the big idea is that you want to be process-driven, not product-driven. So if you're going to shop, shop for a planner, make sure that planner is certified and make sure that planner is is using the financial planning process to help you figure out what what liability limits should I have? Because as we talk to folks and we say, who has complete visibility of your entire financial life? And most of the folks that, that walk in to get started say, well, I don't even have that. I'm like, okay, well, we need to change that. But then who's on your team? And, okay, well, I, I, I go and buy this from this person. I buy this from that person, buy this. And you say, well, so when do these people that you buy these products from, when do they talk to each other? Does, or does your insurance agent have any idea what your net worth is? Well, I'm, well no. I, haven't, I, I just see this girl at the front desk. I haven't talked to my agent in 10 years. Well, has your net worth changed in the last 10 years? Oh, yeah, it's quadrupled. Well, you're likely the the coverage you had in place 10 years ago is insufficient for the potential risks that you face today. Yeah. So you want, again, you want an integrated financial life and you want a process helping you determine which products. And then once you start going down that, that, that line, you say, well, which products? Well, you definitely likely almost always want to ha- get them all from the same insurance company. And I would say distinguish between insurance company and agency because Corhorn Financial Group is an insurance agency, but we represent many different insurance companies. Yeah. All right. I, hopefully ho- hopefully that is, is helpful. You know, one of the other things that's going on in the world today, or at least certainly here in the U.S., is just this unbelievable housing boom. Just doesn't I wouldn't have predicted it. Now we've done research since it's happened. It's like, well, why? Oh, yeah, that you know, we, I, 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 I get that now. Um, why? So that as the government is sprinkling money into the system, asset prices immediately go up. 
So that we have seen. This. So it's, a, it's an asset bubble. <clears throat> yep. And there are seven houses for sale in the entire United States right now. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it. And so that yeah. it and interest rates are at the lowest. I was I was looking at at uh, somebody showing a chart and a graph. <laughs> interest rates are at the lowest point they've been since the 1300s. Oh my, yeah, wow. it's just crazy. So, how important is it for you to shop or or get a price? Know how much your insurance is when you're in the house buying process. Do is 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 the cost of insuring the house a factor in determining which house you should go after? Well, you know, I, I remember my mom when I was uh, buying my first car. She said, "Before you go purchase that vehicle, make sure you call your insurance agent and find out." what the coverage is going to be on that one versus these other models that you're considering. Um, you know, and, and it was eye-opening to me how much variability there can be depending on the model of vehicle that you're, you're driving and everything. But to me, you probably can't be that precise with a, with a house. What you instead need to do is build a mock budget on what you think your cash flow is going to look like, what you're going to be spending um, on a monthly basis in the price range of houses that you're you're looking for and maybe talk to your agent about sort of a, a prototype type house you know sort of a, a a general idea of what you're looking at maybe there's several different houses that you're you're considering but the reality is in this type of a market with houses moving as fast as they are it's not like you're going to be able to go in check out a house go get a quote on the insurance and then maybe put together your offer. You need to know ahead of time what you can afford. And yes, that does include not just the cost of the mortgage, but the cost to maintain that house and insure that house as well. So make sure you have a, a comprehensive budget built before you go sign on the dotted line. That's, a, that's exactly right. Well said. It's, it's part of the cash flow. It probably isn't and shouldn't be part of your house selection process but it should be part of your overall planning and budgeting process. And what I was stumbling there earlier from Kevin, it's the Cantillion effect. The Cantillion effect, check that out. When they dump, when the when governments dump money in, it has a predictable, dump money into the economy, it has a predictable path that it takes. So, and they dumped a Cantillion dollars in. <laughs> That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh, Gregory, Kevin, Corhorn, all of us at KFG, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.